0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast and taking the time to listen to it. We want to welcome you to the Finding Clarity podcast that we are offering through Kerwinceville Christian Church, and maybe this is the second time that you've listened to us, or maybe this is your first time, but uh, we want to thank you just for taking the time to maybe consider a question that we are wrestling with. The, we've had good response for our first podcast. This is uh, something that we're doing as a church to give an opportunity to answer questions that folks within our church might have. And we're going to basically do a trial of six weeks and see if there's a response, whether or not we'll continue to do this podcast or not. So far, we've heard good response from uh, the first podcast. And so we're going to launch into another question today on our second podcast. And so today we're going to look at the question as to whether a believer should be afraid of the judgment, the coming judgment. This is a question that really something to consider because we know that basically in our lives as humans, we're at some point going to reach the point where we're going to die. So what happens afterwards? And you You are a believer in Jesus Christ, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, but maybe you're not sure about what happens later on, and you know that there is a judgment, a final judgment, and you're wondering, what's going to happen then? Is that something that I should be fearful of? So we're going to approach this question today, we're going to look at three different aspects of the question, and hopefully kind of draw a conclusion to help you to understand this question. First of all, We're going to look at what the judgment is. What is the final judgment? We're also going to look at what is the believer's judgment. I mean, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You have put your faith and trust in Jesus and his finished work on the cross. You you would say you're saved. So what is the judgment for you? And then we're going to basically, after having an understanding of both of those judgments, we're going to kind of look at the issue of fear because... Maybe this is where you're at. Maybe you are afraid of the coming judgment and we're going to kind of look, kind of wrestle with why you might be afraid. So those are some things that we're going to look at today here in our podcast. We're going to look at these three areas to help really answer the question, should a believer be afraid of the final judgment? So as we begin by looking at the judgment, I think all of us understands and realizes that there is a final judgment that is coming. It's something that's referred to several times in the scripture. It's referred to in the Old Testament. It's referred to specifically in many ways through Jesus' teaching, as well as the teaching of the apostles in the New Testament. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, the apostle Paul refers to it as the terror of the Lord and 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 when he refers to it as the terror of the lord he he basically is saying this is why they are sharing the gospel the good news of jesus christ so that people are aware of the second judgment so let's take a look at this together i mean, i think the main key passage that i want to look at with you today is in revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15 where specifically we see the Apostle John giving us a glimpse of what is going to happen at the second or the final judgment. In fact, we're going to see that it's called the great white throne judgment. So notice what he says here in verse 11 of chapter 20 in Revelation. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, and from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead, who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead, who were in them. They were judged, each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's a pretty disturbing, pretty terrifying section of scripture. In fact, I think when you read that you understand why Paul refers to it as the terror of the Lord. But just kind of help you to understand what's going on here, the context of what's going on here in Revelation. We see that Jesus Christ has come back. He set up his millennial kingdom. And at the end of that thousand-year rule, that thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth, all everything enters into eternity. And as everything enters into eternity, there is a judgment, a great white throne judgment. And basically the passage tells us, John tells us that what he saw was, is that all of humanity that has ever lived and died will be raised from the dead. Those who died at sea, those who died, they're all going to be raised from the dead, and they will stand before this one who sits on the throne. It's actually Jesus who sits on the throne. And the books will be open. What kind of books are those that are going to be open? Well, it's the records of everyone's life. In the Old Testament, several passages very clearly talk about that our lives are recorded in books. So there's also another book that's open and it's called the book of life. In fact, the book of life is mentioned eight times in the New Testament, seven times just in the book of Revelation alone. The one time that it's mentioned elsewhere in the New Testament is in the letter to the Philippians where Paul talks about that the Christians who are with him, he refers to them as those whose names are written in the book of life. So the book of life refers to the list of those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those who are Christians. So what we see here about this judgment is this. Is that all of humanity that has ever lived will be raised up and will appear before Jesus. And what they're going to be judged on, they're going to have all of their lives exposed before them. But the interesting thing is it's not their deeds whether they're good or bad, that cast them into hell. It's not what they've done or haven't done that is the reason why they are thrown into the lake of fire. It, because the last verse of that passage, verse 15, I think it says it all. Look at what it says if you have your Bible with you. And anyone not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. What's it saying there? It's saying that any person who was not found, written in the book of life, meaning that they have not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they have not come to that place, will be cast into the lake of fire. So, okay, so from that first standpoint, the final judgment is not something that a believer in Jesus Christ should fear. But there is a judgment for the believer in Jesus Christ. In fact, in the very same chapter, before the great white throne happens, and actually before the thousand-year reign begins, John says this in verse 4. He said, I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has a part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him, a thousand years now this is talking about believers who have died who are raised up this is the first resurrection to serve Christ and they will be judged now how will they be judged well in 1st Corinthians 1st Corinthians if you have your Bible you can turn there 1st Corinthians chapter 3 Paul kind of alludes to this judgment that will take place for believers. In fact, he says this in chapter 3 of First Corinthians, verse 11, he says, For no other foundation can anyone lay other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved yet as through fire. Okay, what's going on there, George? Well, here's what Paul is saying. There's this foundation. And the foundation is in each and one of our lives. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. And each one of us builds on that foundation in our life. And, and basically we build on that foundation with, as Paul points out here, with gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, stubble. So the things that we do with our faith, with our Christianity, we're building into our lives. And when we appear before Jesus... And he judges us. And basically that's what it means in the passage when it says that it will be revealed by fire. Fire is always a picture of judgment in the scriptures. And so our works, the things that we have done as believers, are going to be judged by Jesus. And and what happens with wood, hay, stubble when it passes through fire? Of course, it's burned up. When you talk about gold, silver, and precious stones... When they pass through the fire, fire always purifies those things. And So what, what he says is, is that if our work, the things that we do as Christians, endures, we're going to get a reward. But I think the most interesting thing about this passage is, is that it says that there are some who will have everything burned up. They'll lose everything. Everything that they've done with their Christian life will be burned up and lost. But, here's the thing, but they'll have their salvation. They'll be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the final judgment. So again, there's not a need to fear the judgment. However, this second passage tells us the judgment for a believer is something that we need to consider. What are you and I laying up for ourselves later on? What rewards will we be receiving later? Something to think about. Now, I did want to approach this question from one other standpoint, because this might be a very real question to you. Should you fear the final judgment? I want to talk about why you would be thinking that, because it's very obvious that the final judgment is for unbelievers, for those who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus. The judgment that you're going to face is based upon what you're doing with your life right now. But if you are wrestling with fear concerning the judgment, that may actually reveal something a little bit deeper in your life that we need to discuss about. And that's, you are afraid of something. Why are you afraid? And I think maybe if we look a little bit beneath the surface, you might actually be regretting something that you've done. You might be looking back at your life and seeing these sins, and what can happen with us is that, we carry the shame and guilt of those sins, and therefore we're afraid we're afraid we recognize that one day we have to stand before Jesus and we're afraid of having to give an account for that, or we're afraid that we might face some consequences with Jesus about that. We maybe are facing consequences right now here in this world because of what we've done but we also might be afraid of the consequences that we're going to face with Jesus later on. So here's the word I would have for you as a believer in Jesus Christ. When we talk about when we go to be with Christ, we need to recognize that the things that we do now do not hinder your salvation. What do you mean? What I mean by that is this. The basis for my salvation with Jesus the basis of his saving me from the judgment of Christ that I really deserve of going to hell is not based upon what I did or haven't done, but what Jesus did for me. And if I, as a believer now, recognize that what I did was sin, and I go to God and confess my sin, he forgives me, he cleanses me, he removes that from my record. In fact, that's what First John nine says. First John 1-9, the apostle writes there, if we confess our sins, he, speaking of God, is faithful and just to remove that from us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He makes us, because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has performed for us on the cross, committed to us because of the cross, he makes us whole, new, forgiven. So I don't need to be afraid. Yes, you can regret it, and you know what? And you should. Yes, there is shame, and you should. In fact, if there wasn't guilt, if there wasn't regret, if there wasn't a sense of shame, I would wonder if you truly are broken or sorry for what you did. So when we get back to this main question, should a believer fear the judgment? The answer is no. Yes, the judgment is a scary thing. Again, remember, the Apostle Paul referred to it as the terror of the Lord. But it's a terror of the Lord because that's what people who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior are going to face. Yes, there is a sense in which Yeah, we maybe are nervous about standing before him and having our works judged, but that's in the same sense like, you know, when I grew up, I feared my dad and having to answer to my dad for things. But the wonderful thing is is that it's not going to call into question my acceptance by him. But what it determines is the reward that I will receive from him that I will enjoy the rest of eternity with. And then finally, what does your fear of the judgment reveal maybe it's because of regret or shame and, and and then you know that leads to a closing comment here have you really gone to jesus and sought his forgiveness because it's available once again we want to we want to thank you for listening to our podcast and we encourage you to if you like this leave a comment on Facebook, or talk to me personally at church, and let me know. Hey, I listen to it. Share it with friends. Encourage your friends to listen to the podcast and answer questions. Now, maybe you're there and you said, George, that's a great question, but I've got another question. How do I get that to you? Well, there's a couple ways that you can do that. You can go to the contact page on our website, which is www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. If you click on the contact tab, you'll see that you can fill out a form. You don't even, it says name and email, but you can actually submit it without putting your name and email and we'll get your question. That's one way. Another way is to write it down. If you go to church here at Kerbansville Christian Church, throw it in the offering. They'll get the question to me. Again, you don't have to put your name on it and we'll see if we'll put it as one of the questions that we'll answer on the podcast. Another way is just simply come up to me and say, hey, George, I've got this question. I think others are wrestling with it, or I've got a friend that's wrestling with this question. Can you answer this question on the podcast? And we'll be glad to do that. Hey, we hope that you have a great week, and we hope to see you Sunday. And if you don't have a church home, we would encourage you to come out to Kerwinsville Christian Church, 700 State Street, Kerwinsville. We have a service at 1045 on Sundays. You'll find it's a come-as-you-are service. We don't really care how you dress. And what you're going to see is it's actually a very accepting service, and if you want to know about Jesus Christ, we would encourage you to come. So our prayer is is that you have a great week. Take care.